Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Lift and Tilt, where a material handling podcast focuses on the issues that are facing the supply chain, manufacturing industry, warehouse distribution, anything that affects uh, material handling in general. I'm your host, Kurt Guntner. Um, as uh, many of you know that have joined the show before, uh, here's kind of the format of the show. Um, we, uh, we, we talk about issues that are facing uh, you know, the material handling industry, but we do so over uh, an adult beverage. Today we are drinking a, a beer arita uh, in, in honor of uh, you know, tomorrow being Cinco de Mayo. So, uh, you know, what goes into that? We have uh, Zing Zang's Margarita Mix. Uh, we've got Hornitos Plata Silver Tequila. Um, we have some Triple Sec um, and uh, some uh, crushed ice. And then obviously your favorite, uh, you know, uh, light lager or what have you. Uh, we're actually doing uh, Michelob Ultra Lime Cactus. So um, that's what we're going to be drinking today. And uh, we're talking about something that... Um, we haven't talked about before. We're talking about kind of a, uh, an article that came out about digital transformation of forklifts. We haven't talked about forklifts on the show yet. Um, you know, and part of the reason being is um, there really hasn't been, uh, at least in my mind, uh, a lot of uh, news to cover or things that um, you know, new new technology or, or things that are coming out that uh, are really exciting enough to to you know to talk about. Um, so this is kind of an interesting thought. It's something I think that uh, is more of a, a thought experiment or, or a pilot test, and it'll probably be years before it ever makes it into any kind of a production facility. Um, but it's uh, interesting to listen to, and uh, we'll talk about that. All right, let me get a sip of this margarita, and then we'll get started. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> you know, getting into summertime, you, you got to love a margarita. All right, here we go. So the article I'm talking about came out in Industry Week. It's called Digitally Transforming Forklifts. And what the entire article about is uh, remote operation technology uh, to control forklifts. So it basically turns a forklift into a drone, if you want to think about it that way. Um, and <clears throat> it's uh, it was a project that was started by a global logistics leader called Geodis. And they partnered with a company called Phantom Auto uh, to create this software that allows uh, forklifts, uh, specifically to be driven remotely. Uh, so basically you can think of, uh, you know, someone sitting in front of a, a desk with large monitor that has multiple, um, you know, not even split screen, but multiple viewing screens, uh, that have, um, you know, cameras for the different forklifts that are operating out there. And, um, they can at any point, uh, to make take uh, control remotely of, of any of these forklifts, and they can drive the forklift, um, or uh, you know draw a path on the screen and say, "Here's what they want to follow." It. I, my understanding from what I've read about this is that it was really built as a way to uh, create uh, kind of a symbiosis, if you want to call it that, uh, between autonomous vehicles and uh, having a, a remote pilot uh, because there are just certain instances, uh, particularly in a warehouse-type environment, that you really need uh, a human uh, involved in, in the process. Um, and that's because there's, there's things going on within a warehouse 
that can't always be uh, accounted for, meaning like there, there's other personnel, human personnel in the warehouse that's walking around performing tasks or what have you. Those are things that can cause uh, you know sensors to um, maybe not function the way they're supposed to, uh, things that uh, there are scripts that are not written for in the software uh, to tell the, the autonomous uh, device what to do with it. So um, the first test uh, took place in France, um, and it was a multi-year cooperation. So, I mean, this has been going on for a while. From what I understand, the technology is kind of network agnostic. It works on uh, any type of, excuse me, Wi-Fi network. And it allows, uh, with this remote operation software, it allows remote workers to operate the vehicle. Um, and they say that it, it, you know, unlocks efficiency, uh, equipment utilization gains. And kind of an example of that is, you know, one r- remote worker can operate multiple forklifts at a number of warehouses uh, at different times of the day or all from one central location. So uh, if you think about it, like, you know, if you're a, a, a multifaceted or multinational or um, multi-location business, that has warehouses across the country, and maybe you have some people that don't show up to work one day. Um, maybe there's more work that needs to be done than you have personnel. Having this kind of central command center, like somebody could go in and fill in for people that weren't there. Uh, so it kind of gives you a, a safety net. Now, it's an incredible technology, um, but they said it's not 100% ready for deployment. Um, because of all of these kind of edge cases that they say exist where, um, you know, you have this this human need uh, to be involved. So you can't just have, you know, autonomous robots or whatever running around, AGVs, whatever it might be, uh, without a, a person being involved. So the person that is kind of this remote driver, I guess you can think of them kind of as a, almost like a supervisor. Uh, they're They're looking at, how the autonomous um, guided vehicles are running. They're looking at, uh, is there a need here for human intervention? Uh, are there some higher uh, you know, decision-making that needs to be made? They can really only be done by a human. Now, one of the other things that they, they talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, was that um, these kind of digital drivers, um, it it enables people maybe that haven't been able to to work in the material handling field before it gives them that opportunity so people maybe that have some uh, physical disabilities um, or uh, maybe a, um, a segment of the population that's underrepresented you know you don't see a lot of women uh, particularly in in the field um, and whether that be because they don't feel comfortable in the environment uh, or because it's such a male dominated field maybe there's there's some concerns there. This may open the door for them. So it creates a greater level of diversity uh, within the workforce and gives, you know, businesses, uh, I guess, more more options to choose from. But also um, in terms of, you know, labor cost, um, if this were to become something that people could actually, you know, it becomes uh, used, uh, not just a, a test case, a pilot case, but an actual product that is out there. You know, now you can hire people uh, in different parts of the world that maybe um, don't impact you in in a labor cost situation uh, as much as it would if you were had to hire a physical person. Now, 
all of these things are great. I think the um, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, technology and using it and leveraging it to you know create efficiencies and create opportunities for businesses to to be more profitable. But I think there's some there's some hurdles that need to be overcome here, um, and some of it has to do with the technology. While you know the software uh, has proven that it works um, and can be um, you know put into an actual warehouse and, and be utilized, I think you have to think about you know are the are the networks that are within a given warehouse facility. Are they robust enough to handle the traffic that we're talking about? I mean, when you're talking about being able to remote drive a forklift, you're going to have to have multiple cameras. You're going to have to have a camera in the front, a camera in the back, cameras on the side. You're going to have to have cameras to see the fork tips. Um, there's a, there's a lot of machine being moved around, and and you need to have you know 360 degree coverage. Um, trying to stream all of that video and audio, if that's required as well. Um, that's a lot of data. Now, I mean, you're talking about it for just one forklift, but I mean, some warehouses have, you know, 50, 100, 200, you know, pieces of equipment. If you're talking about four cameras uh, or more uh, per forklift for uh, a warehouse, you know, can your network hold that? Um, I, I think that that's where some of the concerns come in. Additionally, if your entire operation was built around this, I think you have to, to look at kind of infrastructure of things that go beyond the company itself. Um, you know, who is your internet service provider? How reliable uh, is that? How fast is is it? You know, how costly is it for, you know, the type of data that we're talking about streaming? Um, uh, the energy grid, you know, I'm, I'm here in Texas, you know, just a couple months ago, we had an ice storm. The entire uh, energy grid was out for, you know, uh, several uh, several days here, but in some parts of the state, you know, it was out for several weeks. Uh, if you're, you're a business operating in some form or fashion this way, uh, that's completely accept- unacceptable. Like you, you, you couldn't continue to operate the amount of downtime uh, and dollars that you would lose uh, because of this type of a situation um, would would be you know, untenable. Now, some people may argue is like, well, if there's electricity down, you couldn't work anyway, regardless of whether it was uh, remote operated or not. And uh, I absolutely agree with that point. But I guess what I would point out is that it doesn't have to be something that's that widespread to break the thing. You're adding additional links into the chain um, that at any given point can can create a bottleneck or uh, a stoppage uh, of your operation. So I think all of those things have to be taken into account. But really what I see is the, the biggest obstacle for this type of technology is actually going to be the uh, same thing that's going to happen with autonomous uh, vehicles for for the road, like, you know, the Tesla autopilots and, and what have you. And that's going to be uh, who is legally responsible when something goes wrong. Uh, in, in this particular instance, you know, you, you have a lot of people that, that you could point fingers at. Uh, you know, there's the remote operator. Uh, there's the makers of the software. Uh, there's the network providers, um, both at a local level as well as a, a regional or a national level. Uh, there's the energy grid. Any one of those things breaks and you or has some type of a failure, and you could have a situation where, 
uh, you know, someone is, is critically injured, um, who, who takes liability of that? So I, I think, you know, that's going to be the biggest hurdle. Um, you know, how, how do you overcome that? I mean, e- even trying to get insurance as a, a business, um, how is your insurance provider going to going to look at this? Um, um, because there isn't really any real t- test case studies for extended periods of time, my guess is that, you know, your insurance is going to go up. Now, how they would rate that and how an actuary is going to come out and identify that risk, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I think those are the biggest challenges. It's really less about whether or not we can do it. It's uh, whether or not we can do it uh, cost effectively and in a way that is reliable. But I think it's a very interesting concept and it's something that uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to follow and see, you know, what, what happens with it. Uh, in fact, I think three years ago, I actually posed this question to uh, Bill Bird, uh, who's the vice president of sales uh, for the east side of North America for Toyota. And I asked him about kind of a drone type operation system, because at the time I was thinking that you could have a, a secondary company um, that basically provided this type of service, but in a, in a rental type uh, situation. So companies that don't want to hire employees uh, to, you know, to be forklift operators or what have you, um, you know, particularly in like business park settings, you could have a forklift that's rented to the entire facility and uh, a remote operator can, you know, run it whenever it's needed. And it's almost, uh, you know, power by the hour type situation where you're paying by the hour for what you need. Uh, and that's all you need. Um, at the time, I think when I asked about it, uh, you know, the response was like, why is that a thing? And why should we be worried about it? Um, but I get that a lot. So it's not a big deal. Um, but but it's interesting. It, it's it's great that the you know the technology is out there. It's moving forward. I think those types of things are going to create additional questions, additional technologies. Things are going to come out of it that may not be what the original intention was, um, and you know only time will tell. All right, that's all I got time for today. Um, appreciate you guys taking the opportunity to to sit here and listen to to me babble about. Uh, you know, autonomous forklifts and remote operators and drones and those types of things. Um, hope you guys all have a happy and safe uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you know, drink a margarita for me. Um, if you have an opportunity, subscribe to the channel. Give us a like, thumbs up on, uh, you know, Google Play, uh, iTunes, or any of the other uh, podcast channels that you guys are, are using to stream this. I um, appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Peace.